This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. Almost a year into office, Joe Biden is hosting the marquee event of his administration. He's calling it the Summit of Democracies. It's being described as a bit of a flop already. I'll tell you why. Beyond the fact that it makes a strong statement against China, which is welcome, this summit is fraught with issues. We've discussed some of them on this show. Problem number one, the guest list. Pakistan and Congo get the invite, but Singapore and Bangladesh don't. What exactly is the criterion? Is it democracy in a country or the country's utility for the U.S.? Problem number two, who made America the class monitor of democracies? Last we checked, the U.S. had been labeled a backsliding democracy itself. So how is it playing the vanguard? Problem number three was highlighted by India. Prime Minister Narendra Modi addressed the summit today. Remember, this meeting has more than 100 participants. Twelve leaders were invited to make a special intervention yesterday. The Indian Prime Minister was one of them, and today he spoke again. We want to dwell on what he said. Because Prime Minister Modi raised one of the biggest challenges of our times, American social media companies, how they're destabilizing democratic states, how they're fueling tension, and how they're undermining democratic rights. You see, social media was supposed to be a vehicle to promote free speech and expression. But today it is fanning fires and dividing people. These companies are all headquartered in the U.S. So as Joe Biden talks about preserving democracies, will he rein in the companies that are proving to be the biggest threat to democracies? That's what India is highlighting and that's what we'll discuss tonight on Gravitas. Let's start with what Prime Minister Modi of India said. He addressed the summit a few hours ago and he spoke at length on one issue that world leaders tend to ignore, the role of technology in our society. Prime Minister Modi discussed the impact of technology on a democracy. He said social media can impact democracies in a positive or a negative way. So what is the solution? Prime Minister Modi believes big tech is a stakeholder in the process. They should contribute towards preserving open and democratic societies. Listen in. India would be happy to share its expertise in holding free and fair elections and enhancing transparency in all areas of governance through innovative digital solutions. We must also jointly shape global norms for emerging technologies like social media and cryptocurrencies so that they are used to empower democracy, not to undermine it. Social media companies need to empower democracies, not undermine them. That's what the Indian Prime Minister said. Now let me tell you how American social media companies undermine democracies. In 2020, more than 3 billion people were on social media worldwide. By 2025, more than 4 billion people, billion, are expected to be on these platforms. That's more than 50% of the world's population. Now look at the list of the, the world's top social media networks. The top five apps or platforms are all American. Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger. Four of them are controlled by one company, Meta. What's their combined user base of all five? Well over nine billion. Nine billion users. The point I'm making is simple. 
these companies are very powerful. They reach all corners of the world. They influence the minds of billions of people. And they've been found wanting in promoting democratic values. The past is proof. Today, social media is where riots begin. Look at what happened in Myanmar. More than one million Rohingyas were forced to flee from Rakhine. We know that Myanmar's army targeted them in a deadly crackdown, but they weren't the only ones responsible. The United Nations investigated the riots, and they found that Facebook played a role in spreading hate. Let me tell you what the chairman of the fact-finding mission had to say. He was talking about the role of social media in this violence, and I'm quoting. It has substantially contributed to the level of acrimony and dissension and conflict, if you will, within the public. Hate speech is certainly, of course, a part of that. As far as the Myanmar situation is concerned, social media is Facebook, and Facebook is social media. Even the Rohingyas want Facebook to be held accountable. They've filed a case, a class action lawsuit in California. What are the charges? Hate speech, misinformation, incitement to violence. Facebook has been sued for $150 billion in damages. Then we come to Bangladesh. In October, Bangladesh witnessed anti-Hindu riots. At least six people died. What was the trigger? A Facebook post that incited a Muslim mob against the Hindu community. And riots are just one part of the story. Social media companies are becoming tools to dismantle the very foundations of democracy. These companies are enabling voter suppression. I'll give you one example from last year. A tweet with false information from an American lawmaker in Kentucky was amplified. He encouraged voters to go and vote on the 6th of November. That's one day after polling. The election was over on the 5th. And in August 2020, a YouTube video began spreading in Florida. It falsely claimed that a candidate had dropped out of the primary race. He hadn't. Voters were being tricked. Now, these might look like minor infractions, but when it comes to election results, such lapses can swing the victory away from deserving candidates. And it has happened before. In the U.S., in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, Twitter was caught spreading fake and biased information on a massive scale. A study analyzed 171 million tweets published in the, in the run-up to that election. 25% of these tweets had either fake news or biased information. Later, a probe by U.S. lawmakers found that such campaigns influenced the outcome of the 2016 presidential election in America. Moral of the story, social media undermined democracy. And since then, several studies have established that social media manipulation is damaging democracies. A report from Britain's Chatham House has warned that online political campaigning Campaigning techniques are distorting our democratic political processes. A study by Oxford in 2019 reached similar conclusions. It found evidence of social media manipulation in 70 countries, 7-0. In each of these countries, there is at least one political party or government using social media to influence public opinion in its favor. And all of this is happening on America's biggest platforms. Will President Joe Biden's Summit of Democracies address this issue? Or will it just sit in judgment of others and arbitrarily pronounce some countries as democracies and others as not? America's democratic credentials are further diminished by this case, the case of Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks founder, who published thousands of classified American documents. He says he did it in the interest of transparency. Today, the U.S. has won a case in the United Kingdom. Julian Assange will be extradited to the U.S. Assange leveraged a democratic internet to expose U.S. military excesses in Iraq and Afghanistan. He brought to light evidence of torture and civilian deaths. His revelations hold America accountable. 
Does this strengthen a democracy or weaken it? President Joe Biden said no democracy is perfect and he's right. But glaring lapses like these cannot be bundled under the banner of imperfections. For this summit to deliver anything, for it to be taken seriously, the U.S. will have to put its money where its mouth is, start empowering democracies by better regulating American tech giants. Prime Minister Modi of India today has made a timely intervention. These platforms are the modern-day gate, gatekeepers of information. And if Joe Biden is serious about protecting democracies, he must start by asking America's biggest tech giants a very simple question. Will they empower democracies or undermine them?